Uh, you heard about our past president, Nungassin. Well, I know she had some bumper stickers uh -huh. on your car. Are you a supporter? Huh? You're a supporter? Oh, yeah. Well, I want you to meet Billy Nungassin oh. right here. Oh. That way there, the one laying on the ground that got black and white on the head, that is Bill Clinton. Uh, the other one, she's laying in her, her box over there. That is Medea. I got a name for my goat. <laughs> my real name is Isidore Crapel. A lot of friends of mine know me by the name of JJ. It was given to me since I was a little boy. And when I make nets for people, that's the name I use, JJ. When you pull up to JJ Crapel's home, in Empire, Louisiana, you're welcomed by a chorus of goats, ducks, and chickens. They scrape and feed on the scrubby land that surrounds Crapel's trailer. Just across the levee is the Mississippi River, and beyond that, the delta where Crapel has shrimped his whole life. These animals are more than livestock for Crapel. Since the BP oil spill, they are literally what has kept him sane. When I was a little boy, they used to say that I was hyperactive. They didn't know what was causing it. Well, and that all spill when they shut everything down, I found out from another doctor, it's not hyperactive. I was bipolar. So that means that uh, I had to stay active all the time in order for it not to bother me. As long as Crapel was shrimping, he says, he stayed on an even keel. But then came the oil spill which left him unemployed for more than a year. Well, my first reaction was, there goes my future. It's ruined. Because I got a grandson, he just turned 12. He learned how to make shrimp nets, and he know how to operate my boat and all like that there. And I could see his whole future for him going down the drain. I started getting depressed. Didn't really care if I'd live or die. I mean, to me, it didn't matter no more. And... Um, I ain't ashamed to tell you. In fact, I had a gun at one time, a twenty-two caliber handgun. And right when that happened, I turned around, I sold my gun. I got rid of it because uh, I seen on the news where a friend of mine had went with the cleanup crew, and when he got back home, he took his 38 to his head and killed himself. And I said, I don't want that to happen. So I got rid of my handgun. I mean, there ain't no sense in doing that, you know. I mean, I got grandkids to live for. So I started collecting animals. And that helps keep my mind off of what happened out there some. Fortunately, he was he is a creative, adaptive guy and has these interests, and he's done it. Elmore Rigamer is the medical director at Catholic Charities in New Orleans. He's been heading a BP-funded effort to provide mental health care to folks like Crapel. Many of his clients suffered from physical and emotional stresses before the disaster, only to have these problems compounded by sudden unemployment. Isidore Crapel has multiple chronic diseases. He got a little bit money from the claim, uh, but he uh, needed medicine. He has bipolar disease. And so we're buying his medicine. But then we're talking, and, and he's t I said, well, what else did you do besides fish? Well, a long time ago, I used to raise chickens and raise goats and whatnot. Well, would you consider doing that again? Now, this is where he was not so depressed 
that he would say, oh, no, it wouldn't work, typical of a depressive. He think, he'll think about it. The last time I saw him, he brought into the community center three freshly laid eggs so we could feel how warm they are. <laughs> but over the past, I think I've been seeing him since November. He has, uh, he has goats. He raises chickens and he sells the eggs. And he's soon going to be selling uh, uh, goat meat. I, I call that resilience. I call that adaptive. Rigamer says he's been trying to help all his clients develop more resilience but that's harder for some than for others. These are people who went through Katrina, and some of them also went through Rita. And then we're in the midst of a financial recession, and now BP, as a cumulative impact. Two stressors are more than twice as bad as one. The greater majority would work through the claims process uh, and find other jobs to get them by. Uh, but others, uh, without the job and without... Uh, the ability to get work and just relying or waiting, and waiting is a very anxiety-provoking state to be in, they do not do well. They become depressed and they become anxious. I haven't seen many examples of uh, family violence. I have not really seen that. I've seen more anxiety and depression and an inability to get moving. Others report that the social and emotional devastation continues a full year after the capping of the BP oil well. Men in these communities tend to be very stoic, and the communities themselves tend to be very self-reliant. Our culture has been here for hundreds of years, so having that in jeopardy, that's a history in jeopardy, and a future in jeopardy is very traumatizing. Patty Whitney works for a group in Thibodeau called Bayou Interfaith Shared Community Organizing. Louisiana has a very high illiteracy rate, a very high poverty rate. And so this all plays a factor in people being able to translate into other areas and other jobs and careers. So the the frustrations just build. We are getting reports of a lot more mental health issues, addictive issues, domestic violence issues. I find that the women tend to cry more, especially when they're trying to express what they need for their families. It's difficult. It's very difficult. People in the field report significant changes in kids' behaviors, primarily at school, detentions, uh, suspensions, bullying, which we also saw after Katrina, a kind of a wave of bullying where when you stress the system, people kind of go out and these kids try to, I guess, defend their territory or pass their stress on to others. We have to remember that if mom and dad are not getting along at night, or worse yet, if there's actual violence in the home, when that child comes to school the next day, it's going to be really difficult to focus on the, their multiplication tables. Doug Walker is a psychologist with Mercy Family Center near New Orleans. He says some of the adolescents are turning to alcohol and illegal drugs. It's just not uh, folklore, right down to seeing uh, drug dealers where they've never seen them before. The teenagers in particular have not much to do this summer because they're not going to be out in the boats. And so, you know, then comes the individual selling them the opportunity to escape. All across South Louisiana, people are trying to cope with a crisis that's not going away anytime soon. Coping takes many forms, including, for J.J. Crapel, the occasional conversation with his animals. A lot of people think I'm crazy, but I... I go and I'll pick at the goats, I'll talk to them, I'll talk to the chickens sometimes. People say, well, those animals don't understand. 
Well, if they're in an area where they don't belong, I tell them to get away from there. They move, so they do understand. Still, Krapel has his low moments. When I start feeling in that situation there, I just stop what I'm doing. I'll either take a little walk, or I'll go ahead and get in my vehicle, drive off, take a ride. But it's always something, you know, that I'll do, you know, try to go ahead and ease my mind off a thing. Because uh, if not, I'd either wind up getting a nervous breakdown or something like that there. I done had a heart attack by, by being depressed. I don't want that to happen again. I can say one thing. I'm back on my feet right now a little bit, and uh, I'd hate to ever catch another one like that. In Empire, Louisiana, I'm Richard Ziegler.